It's an article we put in the bulletin, top right-hand page, written by our dear brother and pastor friend David Edmondson. He writes, There is no I in grace. The emphasis of a false profession of faith is always put on what the sinner does. I love Jesus. I accepted Him. I received. I decided. I came. I let Him have His way. I gave Him my heart. I made Jesus Lord of my life. David closes with this. There is no I in grace. What a wonderful name for our Lord and Savior. Grace. Grace. Please stand for scripture reading and open your Kevin. Thank you. If you will, for our scripture reading, please turn to First Kings chapter ten. First Kings chapter ten. We'll be reading the first thirteen verses. This will be Brother Gabe's text, so pay close attention. First Kings chapter ten, verse one. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, camels that bear spices, very much gold, precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him, of all that that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants, the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers, and his ascent, by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. She said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit, I believe not the word. Till I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I had heard. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and they hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice 
She gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices very great store and precious stones. And there came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to the king Solomon. And the navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir brought in from Ophir great plenty of almond trees and precious stones. And the king made of the almond trees pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house. Harps also and psalters for singers. There came no such almond trees nor seen unto this day. And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire. Whatsoever she asked beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Let's pray together. Father, be with your servant as he gives us knowledge and understanding of these scriptures. Lord, be with us as we're about to go into our own country with our families. Allow us to see that one that's mightier than Solomon. What a precious Lord we have. What a great king, a mighty king. Lord, let us see with our own eyes today. We understand it's through a glass darkly. These feeble eyes, we only see the half of it. Lord, as we wait for that day, we shall be with you. We rejoice now. Give us happy hearts as your servants. Feed us, comfort us as you promised you will. Forgive us for what we are, Lord. Forgive us of our doubting and and our sin, and our unbelief. Exalt Christ in the hearts of your people today. Thank you for this hour, Lord. Be with every soul in this room and accomplish your will and glorify your Son. It's in his name that we ask. Amen. Amen. Be seated, please. Every message we have heard in this wonderful time, this time we call a conference where we gather together. Every message has told us one thing. Despite the troubles that we are in, in this world, people of God have a victory. And that victory is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's get right to it, shall we, Brother Gabe? Gabe Steiner, Pastor Gabe Steiner from King's Court, Grace Grace Church. Brother, look. Good morning, everyone. I don't exactly know how to say this, but I want to say something uh, to this effect. I would love for John and Kathy to know how much they mean to us, and I would like to speak on behalf of all of us who have traveled here to this uh, wonderful conference, this wonderful gathering of saints. I did not know what all it took to have a conference until I became a pastor. And there's no, he just told me that when this is over, he's going to call his pastor again and say, thank you for everything you did all those years. The work is intense. 
And we know that. We know that. And um, anyway, the two of you are an inspiration to us. And the effort that you are making for the promotion of the gospel on the west coast of this country, we are grateful to you for it. And I mean that. And we love you. And I'm thankful to be here. Very thankful. And I want to say thank you to everyone in this congregation for all of your hospitality. It's just wonderful. Thank you. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 3. Our text will be 1 Kings 10, where our brother read a moment ago. We are going to look at the story of the Queen of Sheba coming to Solomon. And I want to go ahead and tell you that this is a picture of sinners coming to Christ. That's what this is. Amen. This is a wonderful picture of sinners coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that we're going to see about this queen coming to Solomon, we're going to compare it to how sinners come to Christ. You know, that's the command, isn't it? Come to Christ. That's the command. Well, how? How? How do sinners come to the Lord Jesus Christ? I want to start with 1 Kings 3 because this will show us why the Queen of Sheba wanted to come to Solomon in the first place, okay? 1 Kings 3, verse 5, it says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth, and in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. What a what a heart, what an attitude. That's the best attitude any sinner before God could ever have. May God never let us leave that converted state of little children. Little children. Solomon said, I'm but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. That means a hearing heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, 
and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. What proof that is of seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things will be taken care of. The Lord asked Solomon, What do you desire? And I'll give it to you. Solomon said, I desire wisdom. That's Christ. That's Christ. The Lord said, Because you have asked for wisdom, the wisdom of Christ, and not the things of this world, I'm going to give you wisdom, and I'm going to give you the things of this world. And as a picture of Christ... Nobody ever received as much from God as Solomon did. God put everything in that man's hands. He's a picture of Christ. He's a picture of Christ. Everything has been given into his hands. Everything. Solomon, as this picture, he was the wisest, he was the richest, he was the kindest, most generous. Solomon was generous. Solomon, the son of David, as our Lord is also called. Jesus, thou son of David. Solomon, the son of David, is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15 says, And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem, and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. Solomon is a picture of Christ. Now let's go to our story in 1 Kings 10. From the first thing that we read here, we are going to see how sinners come to the Lord Jesus Christ. This Queen of Sheba is going to represent a sinner just like me and you. And I believe in seeing her story, we're going to be able to say, that's exactly what happened to me. I believe just by seeing what happened to her, we're going to enter into it, and we're going to say, that's exactly what happened to us. This is what happens to all of God's people. All of God's people. Verse 1. 1 Kings 10, verse 1. It says... And when the queen of Sheba heard. When the queen of Sheba. How many times did you and I listen to the gospel and listen to the gospel and listen to the gospel and listen to the gospel? I I mean, I grew up under it. I wasn't under false religion. My dad was preaching the truth. 
by the time that I could understand. Not, not when I was born. He was in Southern Baptist religion. And, uh, but the Lord opened his eyes to the truth. And uh, he realized, I'm preaching another gospel, which is not another. Amen. So, I grew up only hearing the gospel preached, and only hearing the gospel preached. But I'm going to tell you this. There came a point in my life when God opened my ear, and I heard. I listened for years and years and years. But there came a point in my life when I heard. Verse 1 says, When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to him. When she heard. When she heard. This is my prayer. I pray that we might hear today. I pray that we might not listen. I pray that God would cause us to hear Sinners coming to Christ begins with them hearing the gospel of Christ. Not just with the ear, but with the heart. Brother Henry used to say, salvation is about 18 inches. The distance from the head to the heart. Sinners coming to Christ, it begins with them truly hearing in the heart the fame that has gone out. This fame has not been hid in the corner. It has gone out concerning the name. Blessed be the name. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Call Him Savior. Call Him God with us. Call His name Jesus. Call His name Emmanuel. The call of a sinner to come to Christ begins with that sinner being given an ear to hear the message concerning Christ. Not the message concerning religion. Not the message concerning the law. Not the message concerning turning over a new leaf, straightening up, flying right. The message concerning Christ. The message concerning Christ. Turn over to Romans 10 with me. You can put a marker here if you want to. Turn to Romans 10. Romans 10, verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's so. That's so. Verse 14 says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Every time these men from these generations before us, I, I, when the Lord really started dealing with me as 
a preacher having this desire to preach. It was at the time when I was in Rocky Mountain, Brother Henry Mahan moved to Rocky Mountain. And when he got there, Brother Paul Mahan, my father-in-law, had him preach all the time. And every time he stepped up into the pulpit, I thought how beautiful are the things that bring those glad tidings. How beautiful are the feet. This gospel is everything. Sometimes we don't enter into that, do we? But this gospel is everything. This gospel is not just a big part of believers' lives. This is life. Amen. This is life. Everything else is going away. And this is the only thing that will last. Verse 15 says, How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. What does the gospel say? Rest. Stop working. Look. Trust. Believe. Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So this is where it begins. If we want to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we want other sinners to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, then we must, and they must, hear the true message of Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians 1, verse 21. It says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It pleased God through this means. And it's not foolish preaching, but the man standing up here doing it sure does feel like a fool most of the time. Honestly. But just like all of God's people, that's where it started for the Queen of Sheba. When she heard, when she heard, ask the Lord to open your heart. Ask the Lord to open your ear and your heart. Just like Lydia, when God opened her heart, it says that Paul went and preached to her and the Lord opened her heart. Our Lord said, ask and you'll be saved. Lord, open my heart. May God open our ears, our hearts. Go with me back to 1 Kings 10. First Kings 10, verse 1. It says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. She had some hard questions in her. And I pray that God will put some hard questions in us. Verse 2. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. She brought a gift with her. She 
believed, like most people do, that they cannot come to God empty-handed. They have to come bringing something that He will accept. And it says she came and communed with Him of everything that was in her heart. These hard questions. If a sinner ever truly comes to Christ, that sinner will empty his or her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. That sinner will empty his or her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. That sinner will hold nothing back. It'll be utter honesty and sincerity before God. You think about David in Psalm 51. Was that man holding anything back? Oh, God, be merciful to me. This is everything I've done before you. You're just... If you slay me right now, you're just in doing it. Verse 3. Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. She came with hard questions. And I believe we can very much enter into that. Here are some examples of the kind of questions that go through our minds when we're confronted with the truth of God. What level of perfection do I need to be? This is a hard question right here. How perfect do I need to be to be accepted into heaven? Just how perfect do I need to be? The answer is, as perfect as God Almighty. Amen. That's how perfect. Perfect as God. A sinner sees that and they think, what in the world was I doing trying to obey this law to get into, you know, I went and mowed my neighbor's grass this morning so I could get into heaven. As perfect as God. The questions continue. Well, all right, then knowing that I'm not perfect, if that's the case, I have to be as perfect as God, knowing that I'm not perfect, how can God justify me? The perfect wisdom of the Word replies, by substituting you with Christ. Is Christ perfect before the high and holy God? Is Christ as perfect as God? Christ is God, isn't He? Christ is God. Is Christ justified before the Father? Christ is the Father. One with the Father. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. That little baby that was born... That's the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yeah, He's justified. Here's the answer to that question. Is Christ justified? Yes, He's justified. And He was made to be the substitute for you. He was made to be the substitute for you. That's the only answer that will actually relieve a hard question. How can this be? But how can this be? When it says this, how can it be? Christ is the substitute of you. 
Christ is your substitute. That's the only answer that can relieve a hard question. When a sinner comes with these hard questions in his or her heart, and when the Lord communes with the sinner and, and answers those questions, this is what the sinner realizes and sees. Everything that God requires of me, God has provided for me by substituting Christ His Son with me. That's what we see. Everything that God requires of me, He has provided for me by substituting Christ with me. We'll never get relief until we completely remove ourselves from the equation. We'll never get as long as flesh has some some component in it, it's just utter despair. This thing is all about Christ. This thing is all about Christ. Our acceptance is all about Christ. Our acceptance is in Christ. Somebody will say, okay, but I still have a hard question. What about my sin? I, okay, I've done it. It's a, I did it. I committed it. It's there. You know, you, you commit a sin in the world and give it a little time and it'll fall off your record. Well, it doesn't work that way with God. It doesn't just fall off our record. What about my sin? What about all this sin that I've committed? If God is holy and He must punish sin, if because I have sinned, I must be punished and I must be condemned, if the wages of sin really is death, then how can God judge me and condemn me and punish me rightfully for what I've done? And still set me free. How can I die for what I've done if God gives me eternal life? How can I die if He gives me eternal life? Here's the answer. By substituting you with Christ. By substituting you with the Lord Jesus Christ. God dealt with you on the cross of Calvary. That's what happened. God dealt with you and me on the cross of Calvary. The gospel means good news. The gospel means good news. It means I have good news to tell you. And that good news is substitution with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the gospel that God's people hear about. And those are the hard questions that the gospel answers. And with the answer to every one of those questions being Christ, it's always Christ, faith comes. Spiritual eyes are opened. God's people see Christ as He is, for who He is. Verse 3 says, And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built, the house that he had built. If a sinner ever sees the house Christ builds. You know that old song, that old religious song, I'm working on a building for my Lord. That's what everybody's trying to do. I'm working on a building. We're all working on a building. Not when a sinner sees Christ. 
once a sinner sees the house that he had built. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain to build it. When she saw who he was, what he did, all of his glory, she realized this is not just a man like every other man. This is the man of men. This is the king of kings. And that's what every sinner will see when he or she truly sees Christ. They'll see this is not just a good man. This is not just a good man. This is the God-man. This is the fullness of the glory of God in the person of a man. Verse 4 says, When the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. It broke her. When sinners come to Christ, that's what happens to them. They're broken. They are broken. Broken and contrite. She was broken. She brought some gifts with her. But when she saw who he was and what he already had, she thought, what in the world did I bother bringing this junk for? And that's what sinners will say when they see Christ. That's what every sinner will see and say who tries to bring his or her own gifts and his or her own works to God. He or she will see it is not what we're going to do for God and it's not what we're going to bring to God. It's trading places with Christ. That's what it is. It's not living up to a higher standard. It's not trying to attain perfection that God demands. It's trading places with Christ. That's what baptism represents. I died in Him. That was my... It's appointed unto man once to die. There it was. Did it hurt? Oh, to have His righteousness... For my own. I don't want my own righteousness. I want His. Amen. To have His redemption for my own. If I could have Him and have the fellowship of His death and the fellowship of His resurrection, why on this earth would I want to bring anything of my own? If I can have His, why would I want my own? He has all that I need. Everything that God requires of me is plentifully provided in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. When a sinner comes to know that, that sinner has come to know the gospel. The gospel is a person. The gospel is a person. Verse 5 says, I'm, I was going to have you turn over to see this. It says, well, verse 4, When the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table, have you ever read and paid attention to the meat of Solomon's table? Have you ever seen what all Solomon provided for everybody to eat? Whoever wanted to come eat could come eat at his table for one day. It's indescribable. It's indescribable. 
is the provisions, the you know, every day, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of animals. And bushels and bushels and bushels of flour and grain. I mean, it's just indescribable. There's no man like this man. A sinner who sees Christ will say, there's no man like this man. The end of verse 5 says, when she saw him, when she saw, look at verse 5, the meat of his table, the sitting of his servants, the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel. (laughs) You know, I didn't have the, I don't know what you call it, in a way, I'm kind of jealous of people who had false religion and the Lord opened their eyes and they go, No! No! Give me that! You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in false religion. But I can only imagine that a person who does, once they see this spotless robe of righteousness that's given to them in Christ after they've been trying and trying and trying and feeling guilty and guilty, I can only imagine when they see this road, they're like, oh, that is just so. Give me that. It says, when she saw the meat of his table, the sitting of his servants, the attendance of his ministers, their apparel, his cupbearers, and his ascent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord. I'm going to tell you this. By faith we see it. But one day real soon we're all going to watch Jesus Christ ascend the throne of His glory. The house of our Lord. And when that moment comes, there's not going to be any more spirit left in us. There was no more spirit in her. Verse 6, She said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. That is the most generous statement in the Scripture. That's the most generous statement in the Scripture. God's true preachers are trying as hard as they can. We are trying as hard as we can. We're trying as hard as we can to... Expound this word, convey this word, set forth the glory of our Savior. We're trying as hard as we can with what little knowledge has been given to us. But I'm telling you this, 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
and that hear thy wisdom. And we are, aren't we? All of us. All of us. We're so happy. We're so thankful. We're so miserable in the world. We're so happy in our world. Every child of God feels so blessed to be a humble servant of such a great and glorious king. And we all cry, this was by grace. All by grace. Just so happy to be here, aren't we? We're just so happy. So blessed. In verse 9, here's the conclusion that the Queen of Sheba came to. Alright? This is the conclusion every sinner that comes to Christ will come to. Speaking to the king here. Acknowledging the king. She said in verse 9, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, therefore made He thee king to do judgment and justice. She said, because God loved His people, He made you king. Because God loved us, He made Jesus Christ to be our King. And that's what every soul that comes to Christ will cry for all eternity. Because God the Father loved us. He made Christ to be our King. And then it goes on, and I'm just going to stop. It goes on to say that she gave Him everything she had. She ascribed her all to Him. She ascribed her all to Him. And the final verse is verse 13. It says, And King Solomon gave unto the Queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she turned and went to her own country, she and her servants. She got what she came for. Every sinner who comes to Christ will get what they came for. Every sinner who comes will get what they came for and infinitely more.